Welcome back to Whitgift Conversations. This is the podcast where we talk to staff and to pupils about topics that are relevant to you. In this episode, we're going all international as we speak to David Bates, Director of International Education. We're going to hear all about the International Summer School and the plans to open something called an environmental school in India. I won't lie, I'd never heard of an environmental school before this recording, so if you're like me, then this is the place to find out. But we also get to find out about Dave's music choices because of somewhere he used to work before he worked in education. Stick around to the end of this episode for when I quiz him on the last album he played on his phone. Anyway, enough from me. Let's step into this conversation as we hear from the school's Director of International Education, David Bates. David, thank you for joining us on this episode of Whitgift Conversations. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you, Simon. Yes, it's uh, Monday morning. Um, after a busy weekend and uh, yeah, looking forward to, to getting stuck into the week. And this is a, a great way to, to start it. Oh, I appreciate you being here, especially on a Monday morning, because often on Monday mornings, people tend to be in kind of go, go, go mode, don't they? So it's really good that you're here. You mentioned a busy weekend. What kind of things do you get up to at the weekend? I have two uh, quite young children. I've got a nine-year-old daughter called Molly and a, and a, and a six-year-old son called Wilf. And, and we've hit that stage now where both are really into sports. So um I spent the weekend uh, at the sideline of football training and uh, a rugby, a mini rugby tournament with my son uh, in Hayward Heath, which was loads of fun. And I'm really enjoying this aspect at the moment of, of parenthood. Did you have good weather for it? Because often if you're stood on the side and it's cold and it's raining, then it can't be that fun, really, can it? Do you know, it was actually it was actually quite nice over the weekend. Yes, um, it was one of those days where I had to take my coat off and, and when it got warm when the sun went came out from behind a cloud and then uh, it was straight back on again the moment that uh, the cloud came over the sun so yeah but it was a, it was, a, it was lovely it was really nice it's so nice to see to see my son kind of enjoying sports because it's something that I used to like a lot when I was younger. Good I'm really glad to hear that. Now David in this episode we're going to be talking about you in your capacity as director of international education but first of all I'd love to know where you went to school and really what your own experience of school was like. Was it was it a, was it a happy time or was it a stressful time? Did you enjoy your own education? Yeah thanks Simon. Um, So I went to school I grew up in Chichester on the south coast and went to school at a state school called uh, Chichester High School which at the time was a boys' school and is now actually co-educational. And if I think back to, to, my, to my time at secondary school, I, I, I mean, I, I did enjoy it. I, I really I played a lot of rugby. So I loved playing rugby and being part of the, the, the team there and playing in the first 15. That was really my main focus, I suppose. It's only later in life that I've really rediscovered, uh, well, actually discovered for the first time really later on in life, uh, a kind of passion for studying. And um, and and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm currently studying uh, a part-time master's. But but back at school, I think I think I I, I you know I, I had lots of friends. I loved it, but but um, I probably didn't quite fulfil my academic potential when I was at school, and. Uh, as a result of that, I, I did quite a vocational degree, degree and, and started my career actually on the HMV graduate scheme, ending up with a with a man, store managing the HMV uh, in Hammersmith. Oh, HMV as in the store? Yeah, yeah, the, the music, uh, the music uh, film store, kind of in the late early 2000s, I was a HMV store manager, yeah, until I decided to change career and, and move into education. 
Wow. So HMV store manager, that, that's very different to education. Was that because you, did, I mean, did you have a passion for music and film and that kind of thing at the time? Yeah, absolutely. So it came, it came from a passion for music and film, really. Yeah, I just, I just loved, I, I kind of, I've always been quite, I like organising things. So I, I've, I've always had quite a big record collection, which I've always organised A to Z or chronologically a little bit like in High Fidelity. I think I was inspired by that book and um, to, to work in a music shop. Yeah, I'd had a great time there. Yeah, really enjoyed it. But the, but the, but there came a point I think when when music became less physical mm-hmm. and and ended up uh, well, firstly supermarkets started selling CDs, making it less uh, there was less necessity for a, a music shop. Mm-hmm. And then obviously MP3s and streaming came in, and and around the time of MP3s um, coming in, I I kind of it turned into more of a almost a generic retail management uh, experience, which 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 just wasn't. It was time for a change. Mm. So I come from a family who all worked in education mm. um, in various in various uh, guises, and I'd kind of avoided it up to the age of twenty nine. And at that, that point, I thought, you know what, I'm I'm ready for something new. And I I did. I, I went. I, I tried teaching out. Do you think that having education in your family meant that it was a natural kind of magnetic pull for you? I mean, given the fact that you were doing something else different, do you, do you think that if you were if you if you were doing something else completely different to to the world of HMV, that you also would have come around to the you know to, to the world of education? I don't know really. I think I mean obviously dinner time at the at the Bates household was very much the conversations were all about because both my mum and dad actually. Um, worked at the same college and uh, you know dinner times were all about what they were up to I used to go and see my dad um, after rugby training and sit in his office and uh, and I think yeah I've probably been exposed to to education um, you know the kind of running of education actually because they were both in quite senior positions and yeah I don't know I think it's probably probably I've never really had a a kind of a, a very strong clear direction of travel i suppose so in terms of career so i think at the time of, of deciding what to do having you know decided not to be to be working at hmv anymore um it was a natural thing to to kind of to have a go at i suppose it tied into my um tied into my after university i went traveling for a bit before before going on the hmv graduate scheme and it tied and, and tied into that i kind of took the the well-trodden path of, of trying teaching in uh, in EFL, so teaching overseas uh, English learners. So I, I moved over to Thailand for a year and taught English there. Have, did a kind of initial qualification and taught Thailand at a grammar school. Uh, taught, sorry, English at a grammar school in Thailand, which I absolutely loved. And having done that for a year, I decided uh, as I as I'd kind of done that quite late in life, I suppose, I decided then to come back and. And uh, and kind of take it a bit more seriously and and retrain properly and and change career. But working in uh, I, I then taught for for five years um, in a purely teaching role. I've then kind of gradually built up more uh, leadership and and entrepreneurial uh, responsibilities in in schools and the places I've worked, which kind of then harks back to my initial experiences at HMV, if you like. Okay, well, Dave, let's take it back into school for a moment then. I mean, your role as Director of International Education, actually, just in a nutshell, explain to us what that is for a moment. Yeah, sure. So um, that role specifically has two aspects. Firstly, um, having joined the school in, in 2015 to help set up the International Summer School, which we run at Whitgift every summer. Um, I, I oversee that. So I have a team of, of three staff members who work in the international office. Um, brilliant team. And and uh, I think you've actually had 
John Chisholm on the on the podcast That's previously right. talking mm-hmm. about the International Summer School. Yeah, so um, I, I oversee that and and I and I manage that over the summer. So we have um, students from all over the world coming and studying English and um, an IB preparation course. And the other side of of my role um, is we uh, since two thousand and nineteen, the school has had a very kind of aspirational international vision where we where we are. Um, we we have a we have an aim to to work um, internationally and and open an international school a Whitgift international school and and this this started um, with our partnership um, with uh, the Mobius Foundation which is a, a charitable trust in India and um, we've been working with them to um, open the first world environmental school uh, in India which uh, and also I'm looking to other for other opportunities so i suppose international business development on behalf of the school i guess okay well it'd be great to talk about both these things first of all let's look at the international summer school so i'm guessing because we're recording this right at the end of september but the summer school i'm guessing (laughs) ran in summer of this year tell us a little bit about it yeah sure so um we ran a summer school at Whitgift from the uh, beginning of july or straight after school finished at the end of uh trinity term um for the first six weeks of the summer holidays and you know this was our first year coming back after the uh, the coronavirus years, if you like, um, which uh, so it was a really a relaunch. In two thousand and nineteen, we'd built the summer school up to full capacity, really, and when we were welcoming students from you know twenty five different nationalities, and and this year we we wanted to start that again. So we um, we had about one hundred and eighty, one hundred and ninety students come from all around the world. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit smaller than in 2019 because of a couple of countries like for, which were still affected by COVID-19, like China, where they still had quite strict lockdowns. Um, and also um, for geopolitical reasons, there are other countries which were not, it was not easy to, easy to, easy to come to the summer mm-hmm. school. But mm-hmm. we had a brilliant summer school. Um, the students learned uh, general English or on the pre-IB course. Um, we had uh, about 80 Whitgift boys and um, Old Palace uh, girls take part in the summer school in their role as student hosts. And yeah, the, the students have lessons in the morning. Um, they uh, they work in project work with um, the Whitgift boys in the afternoons and then take part in a multitude of activities and, and uh, sporting academies in the afternoon and evenings. So why is it important then for these international students to come across for a period of time during the summer in the UK? Well, it's, uh, t- I suppose th- there are two reasons. F- from the students' perspective, it's a great opportunity for them to come and study in the UK and, and have a kind of immersive experience. Um, they get to experience the best of Whitgift. Um, and and speak English and, and meet English uh, or British pupils. Um, and from a school perspective, um, it gives our pupils some great multicultural uh, experiences. It allows them to make connections with students um, from all over the world. Many stay in touch long after the summer school finishes, um, which is which is fantastic. And it, it obviously provides um, you know uh, an additional income into the school which uh which helps you know with extra facilities and um and into into the bursary uh, fund the wicked full bursary fund so tell me more then about you mentioned the student hosts here in the uk i mean how does it help them that that exposure to different cultures i mean that there are some obvious things but tell us a bit more about that about you know about the benefit that there is to the boys and and to the girls as well who are who are hosting here in the UK. Well, I mean, yeah, so it's 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 fantastic, and I think I think you've really got to kind of come and see come and see the the kind of dynamics in action to really experience that. But it's just wonderful to um, 
see these pupils in such a kind of vibrant um, international community. You know, as a school, we kind of, we want to embrace the kind of idea of a global village, if you like. We, we want students to have connections overseas. We want students to look outwards rather than inwards. Um, and it just gives them so much exposure to different cultures and, and, and a sharing of um, different ideas and different experiences. Um, but it also kind of develops their, some of their softer skills, um, like empathy for students that, that are maybe struggling speaking English at our summer school or... Um, or coaching skills or, or uh, team working skills, you know, we, we, all of this is, is kind of provided in, in, in a kind of, yeah, a rich, a rich cultural melting pot, if you like. I know that's a bit of a, a bit of a cliche, but, but it really is a brilliant experience. And of course, having friends in different countries is brilliant for future opportunities. If you, if you're a language learner, it gives you opportunities to I'm not sure. I don't know if there's a term really. We still use the term pen friend, but I think that's a bit outdated. I'm not sure what the what the term is. They connect with each other on social media, and 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 many then go and you know meet up later after summer school. You know, families help organise that, and and yeah, it's it's a great way to develop connections and and softer skills for the students. It's really interesting hearing that about you know, students keeping in touch afterwards because you know that old idea of pen friends. I mean, I I can remember having a pen friend when I was young. I imagine some of the people listening to this may well have had pen friends when they were younger. I guess with the, you know, one of the great things about social media is that you can keep in touch with, the, with these people. But possibly one of the downsides is that that connection that you have with people is is more at a surface level. I don't know. What 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 are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, perhaps. But of course, if they've come to our, you know, the, the connection's been been forged in a very real <laughs> environment. They they've met the students in project work or uh as part of a horse riding or fencing academy that we that we run um or or in a in a uh in a kind of a disco essentially so so it is a very real relationship that's forged and i think the kind of the the, the connection afterwards you know it, it is built on that very real experience whereas perhaps when we had pen friends when we were younger if they didn't initially come from exchanges which is another thing that the school the school does um if they didn't come from exchanges then yeah yeah perhaps you're right now the other part of your work you mentioned about this international vision and the opening of an, mm. of an international school i think you used the word environmental school dying to know a bit more about that tell us about that david yeah sure so um in, in 2019 we we um developed a partnership with a and a foundation called the Mobius Foundation, which is an Indian uh, charitable trust, which um, is uh, has a very uh, aspirational aim to open what's called the World Environmental School. And that is a school uh, which is um, going to open in Korg, in Karnataka, in India, in the short term, with an aim to in the in the with an aim to open more. Um, of the world environmental schools uh, in the future. Um, now, unfortunately, uh, as you may know, India was was very very badly affected by the pandemic, um, and this project, despite a very very positive start, has been delayed quite severely. But just now, having come out of the other side of the pandemic, we're starting again to to work with this foundation. And Whitgift's role in this, essentially, it won't be a Whitgift school in India. It is a partnership with a with a with a school and, and we're kind of helping in a, in a if you like uh, a con, almost a consultative position the benefit though to the school uh, well firstly the benefit you know it's a very it's a it's a fantastic way to to learn more about how um sustainability can be can be a core part of a curriculum um they will be delivering the ib 
diploma out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a great way for us to learn from how uh, a school can can be focused purely on on a, on a kind of sustainability ethos. And in the future, we'll hopefully provide lots of opportunities for our staff and obviously pupils to um, to be involved in exchanges um, and 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 kind of collaborative projects so yes yeah, so that that's something that that is very much planned and, and there's more information on our school website actually about that under the under the global tab on the home page um but yeah so when we you know that that was very much a that is still very much a partnership and we also have have aspirations to expand internationally with uh the Whitgift brand as many independent schools have in the uk in order uh to provide opportunities for our pupils but also um to help fund uh, the Whitgift for All Bursary Fund, incredible, um, which I know Thomas Northcote has spoken to you about previously on this podcast. And so, then the current students who are at Whitgift right now, how can they get involved in this in the, in this environmental school in India that you're talking about? Presently, it's still very much it's it, well, it's not built yet. So we have the there's a site and there's the architect's plans and. Um, Having come out of COVID, we're, we're now back back on track in terms of of, of working on that and, and getting it built with an aim to hopefully open in in twenty twenty five. So it's, it, essentially, I'm kind of working behind the scenes on behalf of the school, really, to 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 work on these international projects, which in the future will will bring many opportunities to Whitgift Boys. Um, but at present, I think we just have to wait wait and, and <laughs> wait and wait for the school to open before the opportunities kind of arise really fantastic and then you mentioned on the website that people can find out more under the global tab did you say yes that's right so on the global tab um at the, on the home page uh, you can find out more about our short courses and our international summer school but also more about our international projects of course okay well we'll make sure that we put a link to that in the show notes for this podcast episode dave we need to bring this to a close in a minute but i'm just going to jump back to your hmv days for a second you mentioned that you're passionate about music and film just for fun if if either music or film had to disappear, you couldn't listen to music or you couldn't watch any film. Which would you choose? You can only hold on to one. I I I think I'd have to go with I'd have to go with keeping music really. Okay, yeah, all right. I think okay. I think you say I I I listen to a lot more music than than watch films. So I think that that would be uh at least especially since having children. So I think it would have to be music. You can have music on while you're while you're doing other things around the house, but a film is very much <laughs> that's true. That's true. It takes your time. Although some films you get music with them, so you could kind of get both at the same time with that. Well, that's a bit of a cheat, but yeah, absolutely. I suppose that's true. Yeah, if you allowed soundtracks as well, perhaps. Yeah. And if I if I picked up your phone and looked at your last albums that you were playing or your last playlists, what kind of music would I find on there? Oh goodness me! Well, do you know what? I'm just having a look now at my. Uh my spotify to see what last played was actually oh it was actually exile on main street by the rolling stones was the last oh, album okay. i played right so that's good that was lucky that was a that was a lucky <laughs> could have been britney lucky Spears. hit it could have been uh, <laughs> could have easily been it <laughs> could have been something much more embarrassing than that. that's quite credible i'll take that okay good well look, dave thank you very much for your time it's been really good hearing all about these international projects and i really appreciate you being here thank you thank you simon So that was Dave Bates, Director of International Education, talking all about the summer school, the environmental school in India, and the last album he played on his phone. A huge thank you to you, Dave. It's great talking to you today. But that's it for this episode. Our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.